This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros. I am very excited to be welcoming a new guest this week. I'm Randy Frisch from Uberflip. I've got Tyler Lessard here joining us as always from Vidyard. And today's podcast, we're going to actually dig in. And, and the cool way this podcast is coming up is that, you know, we always talk about content here, but I actually met this guest through a piece of content that he wrote. It showed up in my LinkedIn feed. I couldn't resist the, the headline. I'll tell you what that headline was. It was an unapologetic defense of brand marketing for B2B growth. And I just, that, that called out to me because, you know, I think brand is so important personally. It ties so much to content. And that led to Anthony uh, and I having a really great conversation online. And now we're going to do the same thing on this podcast. So Tyler, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Anthony and, and, and help him, you know, into the show. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely great to have Anthony on the show here. And I've actually had the chance to work with Anthony for a little while in uh, what he's done at, at Gainsight. And, and partly because he's been, I think, an inspiration to many of us in how he has helped to build not only a, a great brand within a technology segment, but also uh, a category. And, you know, many of us want to become category kings and, and define new markets. And I think Anthony is somebody who, uh, you know, with his team has done a phenomenal job. So, um, you know, with that, Anthony, why don't you uh, quickly introduce yourself and, and maybe actually start with an interesting fact that you didn't uh, interview for a marketing role when you actually joined Gainsight. Yeah, it's great. Th thanks for having me on. Um, so uh, my name is Anthony Kennedy. I'm the uh, VP of marketing at Gainsight. And uh, you're right, that wasn't a, a job I sort of interviewed for. My um, kind of past uh, history, I guess, professional from a professional experience perspective has been both on the BD kind of partnership uh, side of, of the house um, and then uh, ran a product team at Symantec actually for about a year thinking that I've I found my calling in product management. Um, and then I got a phone call from our, our current CEO, Nick Meta. Um, uh, you know, we had to work together at our previous company live office. Um, and he asked me to come aboard. And so I put together this 30, 60, 90 plan. I was ready to go and, um, ready to lead product. And, uh, he was, he just pulled me aside and said, Hey, how do you feel about marketing? And I literally, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I knew nothing. So I get, went on Wikipedia and I was like, all right, how am I going to fake this whole, like, a fundamental understanding of what demand gen is, you know, to get to get this job. So, um, you know, put together a great plan. And, and I say that in jest, uh, you know, kind of with a smile on my face, because um, had I had the sort of tenured experience, um, and all the sort of biases coming into the role, I don't know that we would have collectively as a team, you know, really uh, developed the brand and developed the marketing kind of strategy that we had. Um, 
because to your point, Tyler, like, you know, no one's there aren't too many great examples of companies that have built a net new category. But all the playbooks that exist are really around kind of this disruption play where there's a existing incumbent in the market and you have to sort of steal their market share and, and you've got their kind of list of customers and their value proposition out there to really position against. And we didn't have that. So it was this sort of series of experiments between Nick, myself, and some of the the early folks on the team. Um, some that failed, some that, that did well. And, um, you know, that's really kind of... Uh, helped kind of both position gain sight from a, a brand perspective, but also helped me kind of fall in love with marketing and, and decide that I guess I had it all wrong. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting story. And, and it's funny to hear that both you were sort of on the spot to, okay, I got to figure out this marketing thing. And I need to figure out how to build a company and a category all at once, which uh, needless to say, is a fun, uh, a fun and interesting challenge. Uh, what was it like in those early days as you were thinking about, you know, the tactics and, and you mentioned, you know, try a lot of things, but what were what were some of those things that were memorable to you in trying to build out a brand and a category in the early days? And, and how did kind of content uh, play a role in building out that brand strategy. Yeah. And so what was really interesting is we didn't seek out to build a new category. It, it sort of, it was a strategy that sort of, uh, emerged in, in time. Um, and the reason it did, um, one of the first acts we did in the job was reach out to the Gartners and Foresters and analysts of the world and kind of pitch them on, on how we saw the world, how our customers were using the product. Um, and what analysts, um, uh, do really well is they, sort of take your value proposition, take your story, and they map it to a pre-existing research area, right, that they have analysts, you know, kind of writing for. Um, and so they were telling us, look, what you guys are building is, is customer support, you know, but a proactive version or the next iteration of CRM or all of these different things. And it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was um, how, how we really uh, saw this problem in the market. Um, but what we did have... Uh, a lot of kind of passion around and excitement around was there, there was a job function that existed called the customer success manager. And I think Salesforce might get the credit for, for naming this, this role. Um, and they would meet uh, it on LinkedIn in this sort of peer to peer forum. They would uh, meet kind of in person about once a quarter and kind of share their scars. And we would go and just kind of see these people. Um, and what was interesting is that they had so much passion, but no one was sort of, you know, marketing to them. No one was was trying to invest in in making them uh, be heroes and sort of build kind of the the industry kind of foundation around that job. And so our first bet that we did was, uh, hey, if we held an event just like the ones that we were sort of flies on the wall for, would people come? Um, and again, this was early days, not a lot of, you know, I think we had maybe 10 customers at the time. Um, and we held this event and we positioned it as an industry event rather than uh, a Gainsight event, obviously. Um, Gainsight was actually, we didn't even have the brand uh, defined yet at that point. Um, and to our surprise, 300 people came and it, there was so much energy, so much excitement in the room. Um, and the important caveat there, if we kind of put the content lens on it, all of the content was, quote, early stage content. So none of it was about Gainsight, the product. None of it was about the technology. All of it was about the job of customer success. How do you build your team? How do you justify an investment to your CEO or to your board? Um, those types of kind of mission critical processes. And the bet that we had was if we can help companies define the strategy through our content, um, then eventually, hopefully, one day when they're ready, 
they'll look for the technology um, and we can be hopefully that that choosing uh, that uh, trust trusted partner um, for it. So that was sort of the vision and it became kind of the whole framework of our um, our marketing strategy for about you know, even three years and even even until now and, and content, you know, in that early stage component is really at the heart of it. That's that's amazing. I mean, first of all, to, to get 300 people out to an event that early, you know, as, as you're building a category, and I want to come back to that point. But you know, this event I believe is called Pulse, and I and I think in in your most recent uh, upcoming event, you're going to have 5,000 or more people. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the goal. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Congratulations. So, you know, you said at the beginning that, that you didn't set out to create a category, right? So. And, and you started doing these events and you started educating and everything. When did you realize you were creating a category? When did you realize that you were becoming that trailblazer in that sense? And how did you start to think about that in terms of what the brand was going to stand for? Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, it's hard to pinpoint that that moment. But I, I, I think uh, the, the stark contrast between what we saw at that first event and what we felt, to be honest, to that first event, seeing kind of the excitement that people had around a, a B2B uh, job, right? This isn't, you know, like, like, you know, at the end of the day, enterprise software is enterprise software, but there was so much passion and empathy uh, that was kind of palpable in the room. We left that event and thinking of the stark contrast to the analyst conversations a few months prior. And we said, look, there's something here. Um, and, and And so our... Um, the, the decision we made wasn't necessarily to build a category, but to just double down, double down on the community, double down on content, um, double down on making these, these folks be heroes uh, and pioneers in this brand new thing. Um, and so a lot of our investments kind of cut from there were really around, uh, rationalizing the words customer success. And so we wanted to get folks to just, say it <laughs> by name, right? And have the definition be accurate. So we took out a billboard and we just put the words customer success with like a, a core ROI um, uh, point, you know, statement there in, in the sentence for companies that are investing in this. Um, we commissioned Forrester. So we actually went back to the analysts and said, um, you know, we want to commission you guys to write the sort of executive primer for this industry and we can leverage their brand equity that they brought to the table to help validate that the words customer success are it's, it's a relevant term. And so as we were starting to do those things and really naming it, that's where I think we said, look, if we can just keep going and keep um, sort of willing it into existence through a kind of long tail um you know, search strategy with kind of flooding the internet with content um, by getting folks in the community be the creators of that content, um, not just ourselves, um, and getting some of these kind of uh, third party folks that had um, the, the the validation power, um, like Forrester and the others to say it, then we knew we would have something. And um, I think in that journey, we said, look, I think customer success is the next uh, big category of enterprise software. And it's so exciting. I mean, you know, you, you look back at on it on it now, and as you said, you didn't know when things were happening. And I think that's the exciting part about you know the the part we want to really drill in on here is brand. Is as you're building these categories, as you're creating these community events that are filled with content, 
you're shaping both your brand and the category and almost making them one. And yeah. you know, if, if I can even speak on ourselves and Tyler, I'd love to know how you guys have thought about it at, at Video too. But for Uberflip here, we we made a very conscious effort at, at one point where at first we kind of said, all right, we're a subcategory, right? We talk about experience a lot and we talked about it being a subcategory, but eventually we realized it is a category on its own. And that pushed us about a year ago to have our first user conference. We also had 300 people or so, uh, just over 300, I think it was, come out to that. Uh, We're doing it again for the second time this summer, August 22nd, 23rd in Toronto. It's a great event. It's all about the content experience. Uh, You know, we put Uberflip second. It's, It's not a product push. It's not, you know, designed for us to sell our software. It's designed to get people talking and figuring out what that future looks like. And I, I know, Tyler, you guys have done the same with combination of virtual events and, and you know, Viewtopia, I know you've done in the last year. Yeah, we do. And we've seen it to be um, a really big boost to the, the company. And we've done, so from an events perspective, we host an annual event called Viewtopia. And uh, much like you've done with Pulse and, and, and others, it's it's really designed to be community driven. And uh, a big part of that has been kind of going out and understanding what does the video marketing space really need? And I love your point, Anthony, of really the, the sort of empathy with the community and, and thinking about, you know, what can we do in these programs to help make our target audiences not just successful but to make them heroes in their companies. Um, And, you know, we've tried to expand that from the live event to virtual events as well. Uh, So we actually have our fast forward uh, video marketing uh, virtual summit on April 11th. And a big part of the content for that event is helping our customers understand how to be heroes in their organization and to be big contributors. I'm going to turn it back to you, Anthony, and uh, ask you about that sort of community building exercise. And, and you mentioned that engaging that community as part of your content strategy and as part of the brand strategy is is a big part. I'm seeing more and more of that uh, with companies. But how do you execute on that? Like, how do you, what kinds of programs do you run or, or how do you think about bringing the community into the fold and getting them to contribute and be a part of this movement? I know it's a broad question, but uh, I think you've yeah. got some perspective on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, uh, a, a thought that we had pretty early on in one of our hypotheses in, in, in the early days was that um, we're not we, we, we were going to take a position where um, we where the problem wasn't going to be solved by technology necessarily. Um, certainly technology is great and it helps uh, um, accelerate process. It helps standardize process. It helps. Um, you know, ultimately, the people that are um, uh, using the solution to be more effective. Um, but the problem was it was more of a people uh, challenge, right? We wanted to invest in in the the people, and and so as we think about that, uh, we we there's so much of marketing today that is um, you know we use the words automated marketing automation, and if we uh, kind of solved all of our problems by, um, you know, emailing everybody, uh, and, and kind of growing the business that way. Um, that would, uh, be a disservice, I guess, to, to our core mission of enabling the people behind the job. So, um, the, the focus then turned to how can we get these people either together physically or feature them in some type of, um, initiative. And so, um, 
tactically, one of the things we've done is, you know, every time we would release a blog post around a certain best practice, we would have somebody from the community respond um, and we would feature them both as part of this kind of content series. And so if we said, hey, uh, uh, how to build a customer success culture at your startup, we would then have a, a rebuttal or a response on Thursday uh, of that same week saying how Zuora um, built a customer success culture. And we would launch both of those two um, around a campaign kind of the following week. You know, the folks at Kind Folks at Zuora might have, you know, distributed that to their networks. We would grow our database as a result, uh, grow our viewership, but also leverage the brand equity of what they were doing. And the sort of what's in it for them on the, the Zuora side is they got to showcase one of their strengths in terms of kind of serving their customers. And um, that all led to Gainsight in general, whether digitally or in person, being a, a platform for people um, to either develop their professional brand um, or to position their brand with this new movement that was um, all, all focused on on enabling customers and, and enabling them to be successful with your products. So um, that's sort of a long way of saying the the community effort was really based on a um, a fundamental principle that we were going to put the people um, at the forefront of our um, uh, of our positioning and our our, our go to market rather than the technology. Hey Zoe. Hey Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip? It lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. So I wanted to shift gears a bit here. And, and now that you've obviously built the category, but content and brand are, are still so important to you, how do you show ROI? And, I, and I'm pulling back to this blog post that I, I mentioned at the beginning that you, know, I, I, you can tell people where to find that. I found it ultimately on yep. LinkedIn, this idea of you know, defensive brand marketing. But how do you defend brand marketing from an ROI perspective? Because that's where it gets tricky. At some point, we probably get you know, almost a little too cocky that we've got a great brand and we, you know, we got to now dig into the, you know, the stuff that's going to work to convert. But how have you been able in your role to still keep brand at such a, a, an important level in terms of how the organization as a whole embraces it? Yeah, totally. And in that article you're referencing, it's, you know, LinkedIn. We also have it on um, uh, a microsite that we operate called Category Dev which is really kind of journaling a lot of our best practices around building new categories. That's categorydev.com for the, the plug there. Um, but uh, w- what we talked about in that article was um, that the folks in B2C have really figured out brand, um, right? It's actually at the heart of um, everything that marketers do. Um, but in, in the B2B world, we've kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of bastardized it, right? There's... Um, you know, oftentimes people will say, uh, we don't have time for brand. We're just so focused on growth right now. Or I've got a, a junior employee that's really thinking about it um, or an agency that's, you know, sort of spinning up some brand campaigns for us. Um, and, and the the sort of um, kind of underlying theory there is that uh, brand is completely uh, absent uh, from the growth equation for B2B startups. 
And fundamentally, I believe that that's wrong and misleading um, and that for a lot of B2B companies and, and gains that we sort of have, have seen this come true, brand could be at the forefront uh, of your entire marketing strategy. And what does that do? Well, not only will it help you grow the business, and I'll talk about that here in a sec, uh, it helps you create affinity for your, um, your employees who find that they're able to you know, uh, love the company that they're working for. So it helps on the retention side, helps on the recruiting side, helps us grow um, our investment, our fundraising strategy too. So people um, feel like this is sort of a movement or there's something kind of bigger happening here um, than just sort of a, a, a point solution that we're trying to sell, for example. So what's fueling that that misconception in my head, at least, is that um, uh, a belief that brand does not uh, drive revenue, brand can't be measured, um, brand, you know, uh, doesn't have a clear ROI. And I think that's wrong. Um, and so a couple of the things that we've done to really help quantify the value of brand. Um, first of all, uh, all of our content efforts that are in service, and, and we call this content marketing, obviously in B2B, um, but that are in service of, um, establishing a profession or investing in the in the creation of, of a new kind of way of thinking, um, that's all brand, right? That's all um, not your kind of uh, competitive data sheets that you're enabling your sales team with down funnel. They can pull, you know, and, and leverage. This is all stuff that's meant to create a halo effect around something and then just whether directly or indirectly align your company with that movement. And so this is this is de definitely a, a, a brand exercise. And so when we think about um, all, the sum of all of those campaigns, those are top of funnel initiatives that are driving impressions to our website. They're driving conversions of some of our um, content efforts. Uh, and they ought to be treated potentially a bit differently than somebody who fills out the contact sales form and says, hey, I'm, I'm ready for a demo. Um, though it's sort of a different uh, uh, lens but when the, the fundamental kind of understanding there is that when, when visitors, when uh, prospects, when folks are engaging at the very top of the funnel with your, your, your content efforts, um, they're establishing a relationship with you as a thought partner and a place to turn for advice on how, how they can be great at their job. And so the impact of what that what's kind of happening there is so much greater um, than than simply measuring it as a conversion. Now, the other un, kind of unspoken uh, piece is how brand can help you close deals or accelerate existing pipeline. Um, and we've done a number of things um, to help us take this message that we've evangelized at the top of the funnel where, um, you know, Gainsight is uh, kind of the you know, going to be your kind of chosen partner for um, figuring this stuff out before you buy technology. And then we sort of transition into the sales process, which might feel more like a you know typical B2B sales process. Um, but we want to carry that brand promise through all the way to, to close. Uh, and so we've done things like film uh, videos that have our CEO featured or we've done crazy things. We filmed a music video for a prospect who we knew was in a competitive um, uh, sales cycle with with one of our competitors um, to help sort of win them over. And it's hard to, to fully know if, if that's like what tipped the deal over. But what people are able to kind of align you know, mentally is, hey, the company that I uh, the reason I filled out the form um, wasn't this false um, 
sort of impression that I got of the business, uh, they, they really kind of walk the walk too, right? They, they, Tyler will agree with you on that one. Yeah. Anytime you use video, you're, you're, you're right to Tyler's heart there. Totally. And man, we use video. Tyler knows this. We use quite a bit of video um, across all of our different platforms. But I mean, it's, it's fundamentally, um, you know, what what better way to, to kind of generate kind of an emotional connection with the market um, than to have your customers, uh, have your executives, um, have any honestly anyone really on, on the company who uh, bears a relationship with Gainsight to look you in the proverbial eye through the lens, right, and say, um, hey, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're genuinely excited about having you be a part of this uh, journey with us. I think what's what's really interesting in how you think about that, Anthony, and, and I think it's a lesson for many of us, is when you talk about brand, right, you, you're talking about things that I think are very different from many other people, right? You're not talking about share of voice um, or you're not talking purely top of funnel. You're thinking about your content strategy, uh, you know, your video strategy. These things are part of your brand experience from top of funnel all the way through to the bottom. And yeah. I, I couldn't agree more because, you know, I know we put a lot into our brand, um, but the purpose there isn't just because we want name recognition. It's it, the way I think about brand is it's the entire customer experience from first touch through to close through to how I actually support them. We're a big customer success believer as well. And I think about when I think about brand, I think about how is our customer success team engaging with our clients post sale as much as I'm thinking about, you know, what does our logo look like on the website? Yeah. And uh, which I think is is a, is a great way to think about it. Um, and but putting that into practice, right, that's the tough thing. And I think, again, for the audience from a content perspective, how do you get your teams aligned to a, an overall kind of brand strategy and, and a thematic strategy? And, and how do you get, you know, making sure your content team is thinking about, you know, not just top of funnel, but is thinking about the kinds of, of programs and the kinds of messaging and the kinds of content you want to deliver throughout that entire brand experience? Um, yeah. Do you guys create key themes for the year? Do you have playbooks or how do you put that into practice to get your entire team thinking about and on the same page with what that brand experience looks like? Yeah. I, so there's a myriad of different ways. I'll, I'll cover three. One is, um, you know, something that might be unique to Gainsight from other companies is uh, product marketing does not report into us. Product marketing is its own sort of um, uh, organization um, absent of uh, a roll up to product or marketing, but directly to the CEO. And the, the core idea that that sort of led us down that path was um, our team has so much to so much content, so much um, on the campaign side to produce that is more along the lines of what we've been talking about here today, right? About the job, more early stage, um, that we need to sort of spin out a different focus on kind of down funnel type type content. And so we, we obviously work very closely together. Um, but from a focus perspective, um, you know, my team kind of has the the, the vision, has the understanding, Um uh, of kind of what 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 our kind of call it, what our charter is. Um, the second piece is starting with the values of the company, right? One of our we we, we have a, a number of values, but one of the things we talk about quite a bit is carrying the torch. Um, and what does that mean? Our customer success team um, is both sort of a, forgive the football analogy here, but they're sort of the the uh, defensive line, right? Like they're protecting. Um, obviously our customer base and ensuring that, you know, kind of doing the job of customer success. Um, but they're also kind of the star quarterback, right? They're the ones who are um, 
uh, learning and crafting and pushing on the job, pushing on processes and helping us um, create innovative ways of, of delivering customer success. And so we want to tell that story. Um, and so uh, a big part of even the kind of management style and and um, uh, even comp structure for our CSM team is creating content. They have to write content. Um, so there, there, there's there's a lot there, uh, but but you have to all be on the same page that this is a, a journey that we're on together. You have to have the resources and be able to prioritize the right resources to execute on, on the campaign side. Um, but the, the broad vision of what we're trying to do with all of this stuff in, in summary um, uh, is create is to, uh, to, to use pulse, which is our kind of name for all of these efforts um, and, and, convert that into a lifestyle brand, which is something that people don't really mention in B2B, right? But we want to be the, the, the sort of partners for folks in our profession where they come to us for everything, to get certified, to find a new job, to become great in their current job, to get be connected with their peers, um, all of the various sort of uh, sidekick type things uh, that we can provide for someone uh, as they kind of grow and scale their career and customer success. That's kind of the the central vision for what we're trying to accomplish. That's that's amazing. I mean, that's that's a great vision. I think something that not just as you said earlier, your employees can buy into, but your community can buy into, which I think is is really the the key takeaway of this podcast today is is this idea of the brand guiding the vision at the same time and then in turn product and everything else just kind of following along suit with where you need to be leading in your community. So it's been it's been great. I mean if we've got a couple of minutes left here, um, because we're running short, I, I want to get a little bit more dirt on you, Anthony. Um, so, you know, in, in interest of that, I mean, I, I, and we'll keep it somewhat connected to what you guys do, but I want to get to know the you outside of work. And I found on your LinkedIn again, um, I found a video from Carpool Karaoke. Uh, which you guys did. It was really cool. CEO of Box with your CEO. Uh, lots of fun. But the question is, who is your late night go-to? Are you uh, a Fallon guy? Are you a Kimmel guy? Are you a James Corden guy? Like, where's yeah. your loyalty? You know, if you went to our website, looked at all the great videos that we've got um, on there, you'll you'll notice that we are definitely inspired by late night TV, um, whether that's James Corden on the carpool karaoke side. Um, I have to side with Fallon. And one of the best things we did, uh, at least that, that I think so, um, we did an acapella version of Taylor Swift, um, Blank Space, changed the lyrics to, um, to make it all about customer success. And we put a bunch of um, chief customer officers on video in that like Brady Bunch style thing that Jimmy Fallon does with the roots. Right. Uh, so I, I think basically we just watch too much late night TV and try to take <laughs> convert it to, to B2B. I think that's our, our the secret to our success. So Anthony, you guys have done lots of music. Uh, are you the musician in the team or is that, is that inspired by, uh, by somebody else? I think Nick, our CEO is. He has ah. a secret talent that he doesn't talk about very often. He is, first of all, fantastic at karaoke. Um, <laughs> no, one, no one would know. Um, and unashamedly so, fantastic at, at, at karaoke. And second, he has a gift of changing pop culture, like lyrics and like isms 
and making them all about enterprise software. So every like song we've ever touched, every uh, campaign that's ever been like a spinoff of a pop culture uh, hit, he has even today, he is the one launching the Google Doc and sending the lyrics our way. And so it, it's pretty amazing. That's amazing. That's awesome. I, I you know, I, I think if you made some sort of promise that he'll perform at the next pulse, we yes. may be able to help get you up to 10,000 attendees the next oh time around. So I, I, I can guarantee that <laughs> somewhere around pulse, there will be a karaoke machine. That's for amazing. sure. Anthony, this is great. Thank you so much for for taking the time to join Tyler and myself on Content Pros here. If people have enjoyed this, I urge you to take a look at all the other episodes that we have. They live at contentprospodcast.com. If you enjoy this, there's a whole bunch of other great podcasts under the Convince and Convert family of podcasts, including Social Pros, including Today with Jay, a whole bunch of other stuff worth checking out, worth having a listen to to figure out what what's going to make your your day from a podcast perspective until next time thanks so much for joining us please find us on itunes stitcher google play subscribe leave us feedback and on behalf of tyler from vidyard i'm randy fresh from uberflip and this has been content pros this is jay bear and thanks for listening to content pros please leave a review and subscribe on itunes or on your favorite podcast listening app Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince & Convert Media. Interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show? Visit us at convinceandconvert.com. Convince & Convert.